and welcome to tonight's Zoomcast on the life and teachings of Jesus Christ, his ministries, final preparation, the baptism of fire, and baptism of the Holy Ghost, part four. So Luke chapter three. Verses 21 and 22. And it came to pass that when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while Jesus prayed, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove. Or in other words, after Jesus was baptized by John by water, and as Jesus cried out unto Father, the man who officiated in the office of Holy Ghost came down from heaven, laid his hands upon Jesus, and performed the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And there was one voice from heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And as the Father declared that Jesus Christ was his son, at the time of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, so does Jesus Christ declare that we become his sons and daughters when we receive the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. DNC 39. Verse 6, and this is my gospel, repentance and baptism by water, and then cometh the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, even the Comforter, which showeth all things and teacheth the peaceable things of the kingdom. And 2 Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> Verses 2 through 18. You are our letter of commendation written upon our hearts to be understood and read by all. And you reveal that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not in black ink, but in the spirit of of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human heart. Now, what is being spoken about here is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and is that as a man or woman receives it, they become a living witness of the fullness of the gospel and are able to speak with the tongue of angels and are a testimony to the people that the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ is in fact true. They are a testimony to the people that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ did in fact happen. Verse 4, we have this confidence in God through Christ, 
Not that we ourselves sufficient to claim anything as though it came from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant. And this new covenant is in reality the old covenant. It is made new again by the restoration of the fullness of the gospel to the earth in each restoration of a dispensation of the fullness of the gospel. We have this confidence in God through Christ. Not that we ourselves sufficient to claim anything as though it came from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant. And the new covenant is declared by Christ in 3 Nephi chapter 9, verse 20. And the new covenant is comprised of two parts. There's an oath that man makes to God. And the oath that man makes to God is the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which begins with forgiveness of others and repentance and receiving baptism by water into the fullness of the gospel, which is a formal declaration that we are willing to do whatever is required of us to fully offer up our oath, which is our sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And when we do, God makes a both an oath <clears throat> back to us that he will baptize us with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And this is the new covenant, and this is the restoration of the new covenant. who made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not based on what was written, but on the Spirit. Because the Spirit ratifies the new covenant. And Jesus Christ is the keeper at the gate, and he employeth no servant there. And before the new covenant can be written upon the heart of a man or woman, they must fully demonstrate the offering of a broken heart and contrite spirit, at which time Christ will plead their case before Father. And then is the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, authorized to be performed. And when it is performed, this is how the new covenant is written upon our hearts. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. For if we stop at the letter or the carnal commandment and never transcend it or never complete it by receiving the spiritual, the carnal is good for nothing. And Joseph Smith said, you might as well baptize a bag of sand if not done for the remission of sins through the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the confirmation of of the baptism of water or the spiritual aspect of baptism that gives validity to and efficacy to baptism of water. The Spirit gives life. For seven, if the ministry that results in death 
the one carved in letters on stone tablets, came in glory so that the Israelites were not able to gaze upon the face of Moses because of its glory, a glory that was concealed. How much more glorious will the ministry of the Spirit be? If the ministry of judgment had glory, the ministry of righteousness must abound in glory even more. For what had been glorious has lost its glory because of the glory that now surpasses it. Or when the fullness of the gospel is taken and we are left with either the preparatory gospel or the gospel in its entirety is taken from us. The carnal commandment will not save us. What will save us is Jesus Christ. And the fullness of his baptism is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 11, for if that which became insufficient had glory, how much more glorious is that which remains constant? Therefore, because we have this hope, we speak with great boldness. And not like Moses, who placed a veil over the face so that the Israelites might not gaze upon what was coming to an end. But their minds were hardened. For until this day, the same veil remains when they hear the reading of the Old Covenant, because it is removed only in Christ. <clears throat> or in other words, the NC-84. Verse 23, now this Moses plainly taught to the children of Israel in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. Now, this was previous to the first provocation, which was the rejection of the fullness of the gospel by the children of Israel. Before the first provocation took place, it was the invitation and it was the honor and the right of the children of Israel under Moses, if they would offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit to become sons and daughters of Jesus Christ and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is what would prepare them, which is what would sanctify them, preparatory to entering into the rest of the Lord. And sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. But they hardened their hearts and could not endure his presence. Therefore, the Lord in his wrath for his anger was kindled against them, swore that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, because we have this hope, we speak with great boldness. What is this hope? The hope is that the people of God, by entering into and keeping covenant with him, might become his sons and daughters through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And not like Moses, who placed a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze upon what was coming to an end, but their minds were hardened. Well, the veil that was placed over the Israelites under Moses 
came as a direct result of their hardening of the hearts. And this veil that is being spoken of is the revocation from them of the fullness of the gospel. Talked about in DNC 84, verses 25 and 26. Therefore, he took Moses out of their midst and the holy priesthood also. And the lesser priesthood continued, which priesthood holdeth the key of the ministering of angels and the preparatory gospel, which gospel is the gospel of repentance and of baptism and of the remission of sins. And the law of carnal commandments, which the Lord in his wrath caused to continue with the house of Aaron among the children of Israel. But their minds were hardened because they hardened their hearts. For until this day, the same veil remains when they hear the reading of the Old Covenant, because it is removed only in Christ. Again, 3 Nephi chapter 9. Talk about the removing of the Old Covenant. Because the children of Israel would not. Their opportunity to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, by offering up the sacrifice of broken heart and contrite spirit was removed from them. And they had only the sacrifice of the blood of animals. So in verse 19 of 3 Nephi 9, And ye shall offer up unto me no more the shedding of blood. Ye your sacrifices and your burnt offerings shall be done away, for I will accept none of your sacrifices and your burnt offerings. And ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Verse 14 in Second Corinthians 3. For until this day, the same veil remains when they hear the reading of the Old Covenant, because it, is, because it is removed only in Christ. Or in other words, just as was prophesied would be among the Latter-day Saints, was also the state of the Jews when they heard the fullness of the gospel. DNC 45, verse 28. And when the times of the Gentiles is come in, a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. Now, although this is a prophecy of our day, and the generation in which we now live, the principle applies to the Jews at the time of the coming of Christ to them in his mortal ministry. A light broke forth among them, the Jews who sat in darkness, and it was Christ. And Christ gave them the fullness of his gospel. Verse 29, but they received it not, for they perceived not the light. And they turned their hearts from him because of the precepts of men. And so, as it was with the Jews at the time of Christ's mortal ministry, so it is today with the Latter-day Saints. In the opening of the, gener of the dispensation of the fullness of times, 
when the light has again broken forth among those who sit in darkness, the Latter-day Saints, just as it had among the Jews during Christ's mortal ministry. And both peoples, the Jews of Christ's day and the Latter-day Saints of our day, receive it not, for they perceive not the light. And they turn their hearts from Christ and the light because of the precepts of men. Going back to 2 Corinthians 3. Verse 15. But until this day, a veil lies over their hearts whenever Moses is read. And that veil remains in place because they choose to harden their hearts. Whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And that was true with the Jews of Christ's day, and that is true of the Latter-day Saint today. And there's a cross-reference to that. 2 Nephi 28, 28. And in fine, woe unto all those who tremble and are angry because of the truth of God. For those who are angry because of the truth of God have the veil left in place because they will not turn their hearts to Christ. And in fact, choose to harden their hearts. And Nephi says about those, For behold, he that is built upon the rock receiveth it, truth, the fullness of the gospel, with gladness. And he that is built upon a sandy foundation trembleth lest he shall fall. The sandy foundation are the traditions of men. And they are everything short of, of the spirit of Jesus Christ and the fullness of his gospel. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians 3. The Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And this is talking about the light of Christ. And when one receives the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, one receives the greater endowment of the light of Christ and now has access to higher levels of both power in the heavens and revelation. Even power and revelation to part the veil that one might enter into the rest of, <coughs> enter into the rest of the Lord in this life. And all of us with unveiled faces who behold the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one state of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. And all of us with unveiled faces. So who have unveiled faces? Those who have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost that they might be instructed about how to enter into the Lord's rest and are transformed into the same image from one state of glory to another. Or in other words, everybody who receives the endowments of power, starting with the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, are raised up by the power of God to a minimum threshold level. That they may then go to receiving the next endowment of power or entering into the Lord's rest. 
where again a great endowment of light is received and everybody who enters into the rest of the Lord is raised up to a higher threshold. And as the grosser matter is burned out of them and becomes ash and is replaced with the light of Christ, even the light of glory, they undergo the process of being remade into the image of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6. Verses 1 through 11. What will we say then? Should we remain in sin so that grace may increase? Certainly not. Can we who are dead to sin still live in it? Do you not understand that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized to his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, even so we may walk in newness of life. For if we become united in the figure of his death, we will certainly be united in his resurrection. So baptism, both Water and fire in the Holy Ghost have the symbolic aspect of death. As we are buried underneath the water during the baptism of water, this is metaphorical of the death that Jesus Christ suffered. As we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, the natural man dies. And the old man within us dies as we undergo the process of being born again. And this is symbolized by the baptism of water when we are raised up from out of that watery grave and we come unto life anew, which happens in actuality at the completion of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. For if we become united in the figure of his death, we will certainly be united in his resurrection. And that coming forth out of the water and the born-again experience that we have during the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is symbolic and an aspect of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know this, that our former self was crucified with him, so that the sinful body might be destroyed, and so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will live with him. We know that Christ was raised from the dead to die no more. Death no longer ruled over him. Regarding the death he died, he died with respect to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive with God in Jesus Christ. Therefore, do not allow sin to rule your mortal body so that you follow its desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, 
but present yourselves to God as those who are alive from the dead and your members to God as instruments to be used for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. And Romans 8. Verses 1 through 17. Now there is no condemnation of those who are in Jesus, Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed you from the law of sin and death. For God accomplished that the law was not able to do what the law was not able to do because it was weakened by the flesh. And, you know, cross-referencing back in DNC 84. Talking about the law and death. The preparatory gospel, verse 27, which gospel is the gospel of repentance, baptism, parenthetically by water only, and the remission of sins, and the law of carnal commandments, which the Lord in his wrath caused to continue with the house of Aaron among the children of Israel until John, whom God raised up, being filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. So again, the carnal commandment will not save us. Are carnal commandments necessary for us to obey? They are. For an example of a carnal commandment is that which is outward. Um, so baptism of water is a carnal commandment, and it is the carnal aspect of the commandment of baptism. But when we have truly offered up the sacrifice of a broken and contrite spirit. Then we receive the spiritual aspect to baptism, even the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And no man and no woman can come unto the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, by any other way than being instructed by the Lord according to the voice of the Spirit, what is required of him or her, and then being obedient. For God accomplished what the law was not able to do because it was weakened by the flesh. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So that the just requirements of the law would be fulfilled in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds upon mortal things. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds upon spiritual things. A mind set on the flesh is death, but a mind rooted in the Spirit is life and peace. Because a mind set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law, nor is it able to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God resides in you. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, this person does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, 
even though your body is dead because of sin, your spirit is alive because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who is raised, who raised Jesus from the dead resides in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who resides in you. However, brothers and sisters, we are obligated not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the actions of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. For you did not receive the spirit of cell, of slavery again to cause you to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption in which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself testifies to our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, then heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer jointly with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. And there's a cross-reference. Mosiah chapter 5. Verse 7, and now because of the covenant which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. For behold, this day, the day of your baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, he has spiritually begotten you. For you say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore, ye are born of him and have become his sons and his daughters. And under this head ye are made free. And there is no other head whereby ye can be made free. There is no other name given whereby salvation cometh. Therefore, I would that ye should take upon you the name of Christ. All you that have entered into the covenant with God, that ye should be obedient unto the end of your lives. And Hebrews chapter 8. Verses 7 through 13. For if the first covenant had been without fault, no one would have sought for a second one. For he finds fault when he says, Behold, the days are coming, said the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not remain in my covenant. And so I had no regard for them, says the Lord. Again in DNC 84. Verse 24, but the children of Israel hardened their hearts and could not endure his presence. Therefore, the Lord in his wrath for his anger was kindled against them, swore that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Therefore, he took Moses out of their midst and the holy priesthood also, and the lesser priesthood continued, which priesthood holdeth the keys of the ministering of angels and the preparatory gospel, which gospel is the gospel of repentance, baptism by water, 
and the remission of sins in the law of carnal commandments. So going back to Hebrews 8, again, verse 7, for if the first covenant had been without fault, or if God had not had to demote the children of Israel to the preparatory gospel, and instead, if they had offered up the sacrifice of broken hearts and contrite spirits, and had received the endowments of power and entered into his rest. But they would not, and therefore were demoted to the preparatory gospel. For if the first covenant had been without fault, no one would have sought for a second one. Or if the children of Israel had accepted the first covenant that God made with them to enter into his rest, they would not have been demoted to the preparatory gospel and the fullness of the gospel would not have been needed to restore to them. For he finds fault when he says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. Or properly stated, not like the one that they were demoted to when they rejected the fullness of the gospel while in the Sinai wilderness. Because they did not remain in my covenant, the new and everlasting covenant. And so I had no regard for them, says the Lord. Or the Lord swore in his wrath that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Because this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my lot into their minds, and I will write them upon their hearts. And I will be their God, and they will be my people when they receive the new and everlasting covenant. And they receive it by offering up the sacrifice associated with it. And they will certainly not teach each person his neighbor and each person will not teach his brother saying, know the Lord because they will all know me from the least until the greatest among them. What is this talking about? This is talking about in the last days, those who qualify to enter into new Jerusalem. Because all of Israel who enter into its gates have entered into the rest of the Lord and have seen with their eyes and have felt with their hands and know of a surety of the resurrected Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. For I will be merciful toward their evil deeds and their sins I will no longer remember. What are their evil deeds? Their evil deeds are rejecting him. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first covenant obsolete. 
and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. So the preparatory gospel no longer profiteth a man or woman when the fullness of the gospel is available. Now Ezekiel 36. Verses 25 through 28. And here in Ezekiel 36, we have a prophecy of our day. When Israel, commencing with the Exodus, will again be gathered. And it will become their opportunity again to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and enter into the Lord's rest, and thus become God's people, and he become their God. And he will write his gospel in their hearts. So verse 25. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit. I will put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Talking about that day when baptism by water under the authority of the Melchizedek priesthood would become available to the house of Israel, and also the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I give unto your fathers. And ye shall be my people and I will be your God. And Ezekiel 11. Verses 13 through 21. Here we also have Ezekiel prophesying of the latter day gathering of Israel. And it came to pass that when I prophesied, that when Peltah, the son of Benaiah, died, then fell I down upon my face and cried with a loud voice and said, Ah, Lord God! Wilt thou make a full end of the remnant of Israel? Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, thy brethren, even thy brethren, the men of thy kindred, or thy fellow exiles, and all the house of Israel holy are they whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Get you far from the Lord unto us, is this land given in possession. Therefore, Say, thus saith the Lord God, although I have cast them far off among the heathen, and although I have scattered them among the countries, yet will I be to them as a little sanctuary in the countries where they shall come. Therefore, say, thus saith the Lord God, I will even gather you from the people 
or from the nations and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered. And I will give you the land of Israel and they shall come thither and they shall take away all the detestable things therefore thereof and all the abominations thereof from thence. Or in other words, I will spare my people Israel from the abomination of desolation, which will be poured out upon the whole earth to destroy its inhabitants. And I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. Talking about the day in the latter days when the new and everlasting covenant would be reestablished and the children of Israel who would follow him and would be faithful to their God would again become sons and daughters of Christ through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. But as for them whose heart walketh after the heart of their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense their way upon their own heads, saith the Lord God. Or, in other words, beginning with Latter-day Saints, DNC 112. Verse 23, verily, verily, I say unto you that darkness covereth the earth and gross darkness the minds of the people and all flesh has become corrupt before my face. Behold, vengeance cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth, a day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, of weeping, of mourning, and of lamentation. And as a whirlwind, it shall come upon all the face of the earth, saith the Lord. And upon my house shall it begin and from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. First among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name and have not known me, and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. And DNC 5, verse 16. And behold, whosoever believeth on my words, then will I visit with the manifestation of my spirit, and they shall be born of me, even of water and of the Spirit, which is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And DNC 3311. Ye repent and be baptized, every one of you. For remission of your sins, ye be baptized even by water, and then cometh the baptism of fire and of the Holy Ghost. And the NC sixty eight twenty five. And again, inasmuch as parents have children in Zion or in any of her stakes, which are organized that teach them not to understand the doctrine of repentance, faith in Christ, the Son of the living God 
and of baptism and the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands, when eight years old, the sin be upon the heads of the parents. So it is the responsibility of those parents who have received the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ to teach it to their children. Because it is at the age of eight, barring any emotional or cognitive disability, that they become accountable for their own sins. And their sins are no longer covered by the atonement of Jesus Christ without repentance. So once a son or daughter reaches the age of accountability and becomes responsible for their own own sins, their parents, it is their responsibility to have taught them sufficiently that they then know how to repent and are able to repent if they will. And part of repentance is choosing to enter into covenant with their God and being willing to offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirits and be willing to take Christ's name upon them. And this is the preparation for baptism of water. So by the age of eight, children should have been sufficiently taught by their parents that they are then able to make that decision. In 1 Nephi chapter 10. Seventeen, nineteen, and 22. And it came to pass that after I, Nephi, having heard all the words of my father concerning the things which he saw in a vision, and also the things which he spake by the power of the Holy Ghost, which power he received by faith. Now Lehi, when Nephi was the age of eight, hadn't yet received the fullness of the gospel. But as soon as Lehi did receive the fullness of the gospel, he taught it to his family. And here is an example of one who was taught by their parents the fullness of the gospel, who chose to enter into and keep covenant with their God, and thus was able to access the powers of heaven. I, Nephi, having heard all the words of my father concerning the things which he saw in vision, and also the things which he spake by the power of the Holy Ghost, which power he received by faith on the Son of God, and the Son of God was the Messiah who should come. I, Nephi, was desirous that I might see and hear and know the things by the power of the Holy Ghost, which is the gift of God unto all those who diligently seek him as well in times of old as in the time that he should manifest himself unto the children of men. And verse 19, For he that diligently seeketh shall find, and the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto him by the power of the Holy Ghost, as well in these times as in times of old, as well as in times of old as in times to come, wherefore the course of the Lord is one eternal round. And verse 22, And the Holy Ghost giveth authority that I should speak these things and deny them not. And 1 Nephi 
and blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day. At what day? When the times of the Gentiles would come in, when the end time servant would again open the heavens and it be possible to receive baptism of water under proper authority and the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day. For they shall have the gift and power of the Holy Ghost. For the heaven shall be opened and it shall be possible to again receive it. And God's laborers are to devote themselves to following the Lord sufficient that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if they endure unto the end, they shall be lifted up at the last day and shall be saved in the everlasting kingdom of the Lamb. And whoso shall publish peace, ye tidings of great joy, how beautiful upon the mountains shall they be. And Second Nephi 28. Verse 4. And they shall contend with one another. And their priests shall contend with one another. And they shall teach with their learning and deny the Holy Ghost, which giveth utterance. This is a prophecy of the church in our day who would teach that we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost when we're confirmed to remember the church, when in fact we do not. And the Spirit would bear witness to them that we do not, and that there was a problem, and yet they would search not the Scriptures, yet they would not ask. And because they would not ask, they would not come to a knowledge of the truth. And verses 24 through 26. Therefore, woe be unto him that is at ease in Zion. Woe be unto him that crieth all as well. Yea, woe be unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men and denieth the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this is exactly the state of the Latter-day Saints that Nephi saw. And this is exactly the state of the Latter-day Saints in our generation that was shown to Joseph Smith and was prophesied in DNC 45. So again in DNC 45, verse 28, And when the times of the Gentiles is come in, a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. But they receive it not, for they perceive not the light, and they turn their hearts from me because of the precepts of men. Just as Nephi saw and prophesied and wrote. And in that generation shall the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Going back to 2 Nephi 28. Yea, woe be unto him, verse 26, that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, and denieth the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost, or the true gift of the Holy Ghost, not the profane version presented by those who lead the church today. And verse 31. Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, 
or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men. The precepts of men. Trust in man and making flesh our arm is precisely one of the great sins of the Latter-day Saints. Because of this, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. The fact that no man or woman at general conference speaks by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, nor at state conference, nor at ward conference. And yet we, the Latter-day Saints, receive their words with gladness as if it were the mind and will of God. Therefore, we are under condemnation because we haven't even learned the most basic of the doctrines of the gospel, the doctrine of discernment, to discern light from dark, to discern those who speak by the power of the Spirit and those who do not, even though words may be pleasing unto the carnal mind, even though men might speak words of Scripture, yet they speak them not in context or with true meaning, but they change their meaning at every point and every turn. And they warp the doctrine of Christ into something of their own making. Woe unto the Gentiles, saith the Lord, verse 32 of Hose. For notwithstanding I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day, they will deny me. These Gentiles are the Latter-day Saints. Nevertheless, saith the Lord, if they will repent and come unto me, for mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. Then I will be merciful unto them. Jacob chapter 6. Verses 5 through 13. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, and this is as much a prophecy to us and our day and the Latter-day Saints as it was applicable to the Nephites in the days of Jacob. So again, Jacob chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, I beseech of you in words of soberness that ye would repent and come with full purpose of heart and cleave unto God as he cleaveth unto you. And while his arm of mercy is extended toward you, in the light of the day, harden not your hearts. Yea, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For why will ye die? For behold, after ye have been nourished by the good word of God all the day long, will ye bring forth evil fruit that ye must be hewn down and cast into the fire? Behold, will ye reject these words? Will ye reject the words of the prophets? Will you reject all the words which have been spoken concerning Christ after so many have spoken concerning him and deny the good word of Christ and the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost and quench the great plan of redemption which hath been laid before you? Know ye not that if you will do these things that the power of the redemption and the resurrection which is in Christ will bring you to stand with shame and awful guilt before the bar of God. 
and according to the power of justice, for justice cannot be denied. Ye must go away into that lake of fire and brimstone, whose flames are unquenchable, and whose smoke ascendeth up forever and ever, which lake of fire and brimstone is endless torment. O then, my beloved brethren, repent, and enter in at the straight gate, and continue in the way which is narrow, until ye shall obtain eternal life. O Latter-day Saints, be wise, what can I say more? Now in chapter 9. starting in verses 18 through 21. But behold, I send to you, and just as Alma spoke these words unto the people of Ammonihah, so the Lord speaks them to the Latter-day Saints today. But behold, I send to you that if you persist in your wickedness, that your days shall not be prolonged in the land for the Lamanites, shall be sent upon you. And if you repent not, they shall come in a time when you know not. And ye shall be visited with utter destruction, and it shall be according to the fierce anger of the Lord. For he will not suffer you that ye shall live in your iniquities. To destroy his people, I say unto you, nay, he would rather suffer that the Lamanites might destroy all his people, who are called the people of Nephi if it were possible that they could fall into sin and transgressions. After having so much light and so much knowledge given unto them of the Lord their God, just as the Latter-day Saints have been, by what remains of the teachings of Joseph Smith and in the pages of the Book of Mormon Doctrine and Covenants. Yea, after having been such a highly favored people of the Lord, yea, after having been favored above every other nation, kindred, tongue, and people, after having had all things made known unto them, according to their desires and their faith and prayers, of that which has been and which is and which is to come, having been visited by the Spirit of God, having conversed with angels, and having been spoken unto by the voice of the Lord, and having the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of revelation, and also many gifts, the gifts of speaking with the tongues, and the gift of preaching, and the gift of the Holy Ghost, and the gift of translation. And after having been delivered of God out of the land and continuing in verses 26 to 30. And not many days hence, the son of God shall come in his glory and his glory shall be the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace, equity, and truth, full of patience, mercy, and long suffering quick to hear the cries of his people and to answer their prayers. And behold, he cometh to redeem those who will be baptized unto repentance through faith on his name. Therefore, prepare ye the way of the Lord for the time is at hand that all men shall reap a reward of their works according to that which have been, which they have been. If they have been righteous, they shall reap salvation of their souls according to the power and deliverance of Jesus Christ. And if they have been evil, they shall reap the damnation of their souls according to the power and 
captivation of the devil. And now behold, this is the voice of the angel crying unto the people. And now, my beloved brethren, for ye are my brethren, and ye ought to be beloved, and ye ought to bring forth works which are meet for repentance, seeing that your hearts have been grossly hardened against the word of God, and seeing that ye are a lost and a fallen people. Nama 34. Verses 30 through 38. And now, my brethren, I would that after you have received so many witnesses, seeing that the Holy Scriptures testify of these things, ye come forth and bring fruit unto repentance. Yea, I would that ye would come forth and harden not your hearts any longer. For behold, now is the time and the day of your salvation. Therefore, if you will repent and harden not your hearts immediately, shall the great plan of redemption be brought about unto you. For behold, this life is the time for men to prepare to meet God. Yea, behold, the day of this life is the day for men to perform their labors. And now, as I said unto you before, as ye have had so many witnesses... Therefore, I beseech of you that you do not procrastinate the day of your repentance until the end. For after this day of life, which is given us to prepare for eternity, behold, if we do not improve our time while in this life, then cometh the night of darkness, wherein there can be no labor performed. Ye cannot say when ye are brought to that awful crisis, that I will repent and I will return to my God. Nay, ye cannot say this, for the spirit which doth possess your bodies at the time that ye go out of this life, that same spirit will have power to possess your body in that eternal world. For behold, if ye have procrastinated the day of your repentance, even until death, behold, ye have become subjected to the spirit of the devil, and he doth seal you his. Therefore the spirit of the Lord hath withdrawn from you, and hath no place in you. And the devil hath all power over you, and this is the final state of the wicked. And this I know because the Lord hath said he dwelleth not in unholy temples, but in the hearts of the righteous doth he dwell. Yea, and he hath also said that the righteous shall sit down in his kingdom, to go no more out, but their garment should be made white through the blood of the Lamb. And now, my beloved brethren, I desire that ye should remember these things, and that ye should work out your salvation with fear before God, and that ye should be, and that ye should no more deny the coming of Christ, that ye contend no more against the Holy Ghost, but that ye receive it, but that ye contend no more against the Holy Ghost but that ye should receive it or do what is required to receive the baptism of fire, baptism like ghost, O Latter-day Saints. And take upon you the name of Christ, that ye humble yourselves even to the dust and worship God in whatsoever place ye may be in, in the spirit and in truth, and that ye live in thanksgiving daily for the many mercies and blessings which he doth bestow upon you. In Alma 39, 
verse 6. For behold, if ye deny the Holy Ghost, when it once has had place in you, and ye know that ye deny it, behold, this is a sin which is unpardonable. Yea, and whosoever murdereth against the light and knowledge of God, it is not easy for him to obtain forgiveness. Yea, I say unto you, my son, that it is not easy for him to obtain forgiveness. In 2 Nephi 31. Verse 14. But behold, my beloved brethren, thus came the voice of the Son unto me, saying, After ye have repented of your sins and witnessed unto the Father that ye are willing to keep my commandments, by the baptism of water and have received the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost and can speak with a new tongue, yea, even with the tongue of angels, and after this should deny me, it would have been better for you that you had not known me. Mosiah 5.11 And I would that you should remember also that this is the name that I said should be given unto you that never should be blotted out, except it be through transgression. For after having received the baptism of fire, baptism of the ghost, one may fall from that grace. One may not only fall, but it would have better that they had never known Christ. And as we read in Alma 39.6, This time, starting in verse 5. Know ye not, my son, that these things are an abomination in the sight of the Lord, a most abominable above all sins, save it be the shedding of innocent blood or denying the Holy Ghost. For behold, if ye deny the Holy Ghost when it once has had place in you, and ye know that ye deny it, behold, this is a sin which is unpardonable. And Moroni 8. twenty five through twenty six and then twenty eight through twenty nine. And the first fruits of repentance is baptism. And baptism cometh by faith unto fulfilling of the commandments. And the fulfilling the commandments bringeth remission of sins. And the remission of sins bringeth meekness and lowliness of heart. And because of meekness and loneliness of heart cometh visitation of the Holy Ghost, which comforter filleth with hope and perfect love, which love endureth by diligence unto prayer, until the end shall come when all the saints shall dwell with God. Or in other words, the first fruits of repentance is baptism. 
So as we forgive others, as we repent of our sins, the Spirit impresses upon us an understanding for the need of baptism by water. And baptism cometh by faith or by seeking after receiving and acting on revelation unto the fulfilling the commandments. And the fulfilling of the commandments bringeth a remission of sins. Or the fulfilling of the requirements for baptism, which in DNC 20 verse 37 are, and again by way of commandment to the church concerning the manner of baptism, all those who humble themselves before God and desire to be baptized, which desire is a natural extension of repentance and come forth with broken hearts and contrite spirits, a willingness to subject our will in all things to the will of the Father and a willingness to diligently seek after and receive those commandments that Father would give unto us about what he requires of us. And witness before this church that they have truly repented of all their sins and are willing to take upon them the name of Jesus Christ. For we cannot take upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ until we receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Before this, we can covenant that we're willing to take upon us his name. But we can't actually take it upon us until he extends it to us. Having a determination to serve him to the end and truly manifest by our works that we have received the Spirit of Christ under the remission of their sins, shall be received by baptism into his church. So going back to Moroni chapter 8. Verse 25, and the first fruits of repentance is baptism. And baptism cometh by faith unto fulfilling of the commandments. And the fulfilling of the commandments bringeth a remission of sins. Remember one of the commandments to receive baptism of water is to repent of all our sins until we receive the spirit of Christ unto a remission of our sins. And as we continue to feast upon the words of Christ after baptism of water, after we have received this remission of our sins, we will receive an even greater remission of our sins and sanctification with the confirmation of baptism, which is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the fulfilling of the commandments bringeth remission of sins. Verse 26, and the remission of sins bringeth meekness and loneliness of heart, which is a broken heart and contrite spirit. So the offering up of a broken heart and contrite spirit bringeth the spiritual gift of a greater portion of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And because of meekness and loneliness of heart, or the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, cometh the visitation of the Holy Ghost, or in other words, cometh the endowment of the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost, which comforter filleth with hope and perfect love. 
which love endureth by diligence unto prayer, until the end shall come, when all the saints shall dwell with God. In verses 28 and 29. Pray for them, my son, that repentance may come unto them. And this is what we should be praying for, for our people, the Latter-day Saints. Pray for the Latter-day Saints that repentance may come unto them. But behold, I fear, lest the Spirit hath ceased striving with them. And in this part of the land, they are also seeking to put down all power and authority which cometh from God. And they are denying the Holy Ghost. And after rejecting so great a knowledge, my son, they must perish soon. Unto the fulfilling of the prophecies which were spoken by the prophets, as well as the words of our Savior himself. And in conclusion, I go to Isaiah chapter 1. Verse 2, hear, O heavens, give heed, O earth, Jehovah has spoken. I have reared sons, brought them up, but they have revolted against me. Or I have extended to the Latter-day Saints the fullness of the gospel, which they have in the remaining servants of Joseph Smith and the record of the prophets of the Book of Mormon and and in the Doctrine and Covenants. I have reared sons, brought them up, but they have revolted against me. The ox knows its owner, the ass its master's stall, but Israel does not know my people are insensible. Or in other words, It says in 2 Nephi 28, even though I extend my hand to my people from day to day, they shall deny me. In C45, when the times of the Gentiles is come in, a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. But they receive it not, for they perceive not the light, and they turn their hearts from me because of the precepts of men. This is what is meant in Isaiah 1. I have reared sons, brought them up, but they have revolted against me. The ox knows its owner, the ass its master stalled, but Israel, or the Latter-day Saints, do not know. My people, the Latter-day Saints, are insensible. 
Alas, a nation which can also be translated the Gentiles who are the Latter-day Saints. Alas, the, the Latter-day Saints are astray, a, a people weighed down by sin, the offspring of wrongdoers, or the offspring of those who had the opportunity to receive the fullness of the gospel but rejected it. And instead, put their trust in man, relied upon the arm of flesh, instead of that which was given by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. The offspring of wrongdoers, perverse children. They have forsaken Jehovah. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel. They have lapsed into apostasy. For at the time of Joseph Smith, they had the fullness of the gospel available to them. Why be smitten further, Latter-day Saints, by adding to your waywardness? The whole head is sick, the whole heart diseased. Referring to both church leadership and membership. The head is the leadership, the heart are the Latter-day Saint people. The leadership is sick, the membership is diseased. From the soles of the feet, even to the head, there is nothing sound. Only wounds and bruises and festering sores. They have not been pressed out or bound up, nor soothed with ointment. And why? Because they would not soften their hearts and have insisted in pressing forward in the hardness of their hearts and rejecting that balm that Christ offers. Your land is ruined. This is what is to come shortly. Your land is ruined. Your cities burned with fire. Burning of the cities with fire is the destructive force of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. Whose destructive power unto the annihilation of the Latter-day Saints is not many years hence. Your native soil is devoured by aliens in your presence, laid waste as its takeover by foreigners. The daughter of Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, a hut in a melon field, a city under siege. Well, who is the daughter of Zion? Those among the Latter-day Saints who do recognize the light that breaks forth as we sit in darkness who are willing to receive and enter into covenant and keep it with their God. Like a shelter in a vineyard, for this is the Lord's vineyard and it is going to be burned. But the wheat will be gathered out and spared. A hut in a melon field, a city under siege. Had not Jehovah of hosts left us a few survivors? Who were those few survivors? those Latter-day Saints who will receive the fullness of the gospel. Notice it's they're referred to as a few. We should have been as Sodom or become like Gomorrah. And Isaiah constantly refers to the Latter-day Saints 
as the leadership of the Latter-day Saints, the leaders of Sodom, and the people of Gomorrah. And what was their fate? Well, the same fate will be the Latter-day Saints. And those who will receive the gospel are likened unto Lot and his daughters, who are gathered out on the eve of destruction. But their numbers as a percentage of the whole were very few and small. For what purpose are your abundant sacrifices to me, says Jehovah? And now he gets into the Latter-day Saint temple worship, our Sunday worship, our general conference worship, our state conference worship. For what purpose are your abundant sacrifices to me, says Jehovah? I had my fill of offerings of rams and the fat of fatted bees and the blood of bulls and sheep and he goats I do not want. Talking about that ceremony which the Latter-day Saints perform in their temples that they call endowment, but it is not. When you come to see me, who requires you to trample my courts so? So you proclaim that you seek to be instructed to enter into my rest. But in actuality, what you are doing is you are rending my words, changing my gospel and heaping condemnation upon yourselves and upon your people. When you come to see me, who requires that you trample my court so? Bring no more worthless offerings. They are as loathsome incense to me. As for convening meetings at the new month and on the Sabbath, wickedness with the solemn gathering I cannot approve. Talking not just about our temple worship, but also about our weekly and annual meetings. Your monthly and regular meetings, my soul detests. They have become a burden on me. I am weary of putting up with them. When you spread forth your hands to pray, this is temple imagery, I will conceal my eyes from you. Though you pray at length, I will not hear your hands are filled with blood. Wash yourselves clean. Remove your wicked deeds. From before my eyes cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Demand justice. Stand up for the oppressed. Plead the cause of the fatherless appeal on behalf of the widow. Come now, let us put it to the test, says Jehovah. Though your sins are as scarlet, they can be made white as snow. Though they have reddened as crimson, they may become white as wool. For Latter-day Saints, you have not passed the day where it is no longer possible to repent. There is still space enough for you to return. If you are willing, verse 19, and obey, you shall eat the good of the land. Or in other words, you will be spared during the time of bondage from destruction. And on the eve of destruction, you will be gathered out on an end time exodus. But if you are unwilling and disobey, you shall be eaten by the sword. Again, the destructive power of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. By his mouth, Jehovah has spoken it. The mouth being the Lord's end time servant. How the faithful city, oh, the Zion of the Wasatch Front, 
has become a harlot. She was filled with justice. Oh, Latter-day Saints during the time of Joseph Smith. Righteousness or the end time servant made its abode in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross. Your wine diluted with water. Silver or precious metals are a representation of the people who at one time were humble followers of Christ, but once the fullness of the gospel was presented to them, they hardened their hearts and rejected the fullness of the gospel. Your silver has become dross. Your wine diluted with water. Again, those who had been humble followers of Jesus Christ, when the heavens were closed, once the heavens opened, rejected the light because of the precepts of men. Your rulers are renegades. Talking about Russell M. Nelson, his counselors in the Twelve. Your rulers are renegades, accomplices of robbers. Or they have united themselves to the great and abominable church, the globalists, to the end-time Gadiantans. With one accord, they love bribes and run after rewards. They do not dispense justice to the fatherless, nor does the widow's case come before them. Therefore, the Lord Jehovah of hosts, the valiant one of Israel, declares, Woe to them, I will relieve me of mine adversaries. Well, who are these adversaries? DNC 101. Pair of the redemption of Zion. Verse 52. Now behold, the nobleman, the Lord of the vineyard, called upon his servants, those who were leadership in the LDS church, and said unto them, Why, what is the cause of this great evil? Ought ye not to have done even as I commanded you? And after ye had planted the vineyard, built the hedge round about, set the watchman upon the walls thereof, and built a tower also, and set a watchman upon the tower, and watched for my vineyard, and not have fallen asleep, lest the enemy should come upon you. And behold, the watchman upon the tower would have seen the enemy while he was yet afar off. And then you could have made ready and kept the enemy from breaking down the hedge thereof and saved my vineyard from the hands of the destroyer. But instead, you joined with the enemy and the destroyer and you became the enemy. And verse 57, therefore, the return of the labors in the vineyard Get ye straightway unto my land. Break down the walls of mine enemies. The walls of God's enemies are in his vineyard. The walls of his enemies are the doctrines taught by Latter-day Saint leaders, which are not in harmony with the fullness of his gospel. Throw down their tower, scatter their watchmen. Scatter their watchmen, the watchmen of the Latter-day Saints, cross-referencing GST Matthew 21. 
where Christ declared about the watchman of the Latter-day Saints. Verse 55, and when the Lord thereof of the vineyard will come, he will destroy those miserable wicked men, the husbandmen in the vineyard or the leadership of the LDS church, and will let again his vineyard unto other husbandmen, the return of Joseph and the first labors in the last kingdom. Even in the last days who shall render him the fruits in their seasons. And then the apostles understood the parable which he had spoken unto them, that the Latter-day Saints or Gentiles should be destroyed also. Back to Isaiah 1. Verse 24, Woe to them I will receive, I will relieve me of mine adversaries, avenge me of mine enemies. Talking about leadership within the earliest church. I restore my hand over you. My hand being the end time servant. And smelt away your dross as in a crucible and remove all your alloy. Or in other words, those who will receive the fullness of my gospel. Will receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thus the grosser matter will be burned out of you and replaced with light. Or I will smelt away your dross as in a crucible and remove all your alloy, and you will go from being semi precious to a precious metal. And I will restore your judges as at first. Or in other words, DNC 101 verse 55, And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, Go and gather together the residue of my servants. DNC 88, regarding the first labors in the last kingdom, who were high priests with Joseph Smith during his first ministry. Verse 80, that ye may be prepared in all things when I shall send you again to magnify the callings whereunto I have called you and the mission with which I have commissioned you. Behold, I sent you out to testify and to warn the people, and it becometh every man who hath been warned to warn his neighbor. Therefore they are left without excuse, and their sins are upon their own heads. Therefore tarry ye and labor diligently that you may be perfected in your ministry to go forth among the Gentiles for the last time. As many as the mouth of the Lord shall name to bind up the law and seal up the testimony and to prepare the saints for the hour of judgment which is to come, that their souls may escape the wrath of God, the desolation of abomination, which awaits the wicked both in this world and in the world to come. Verse 26 again in Isaiah chapter 1, I will restore your judges as at the first and your counselors as in the beginning. After this, you shall be called the righteous, the city of righteousness, a faithful city. And Joseph Smith will physically gather out the strength of the Lord's house among Latter-day Saints for the end time exodus and will establish Zion. For Zion shall be ransomed by justice. Justice is the end time servant. Those of her who will repent by righteousness. Righteousness is also the end time servant. But criminals and sinners, or those Latter day Saints who will not receive the fullness of the gospel, 
and reject the false prophets whom they worship. But criminals and sinners shall be altogether shattered when those who forsake Jehovah are annihilated by the abomination of desolation. I add my testimony to Book of Mormon Prophets, to Isaiah's testimony, and to the words of the Lord through Joseph Smith, that God has again restored the fullness of his gospel after over 170 years since the death of Joseph. It is again possible as Jesus Christ showed us, we must to receive baptism by water and fire and the Holy Ghost. That we might be sanctified as he was sanctified. That we might become his people, that he might become our God. That we might be spared the destructions which are shortly to come. If we repent, return and remain true and faithful to him. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.